The podcast is called Christ Talk Today with Brother Bill. I'm Brother Bill. Welcome. We've had a couple of episodes, I guess we'll call them that, where I was talking about profound love, and I think we're going to be back with more episodes or more podcasts, if you will. Um, scheduled for today, somewhat spontaneously, uh, this may be the last unless God moves me to add further uh, comment, this may be the last episode in the series, which are two so far, this will make three, on the subject of profound love. Speaking about love, it occurred to me, or it came to me that some of you may not even understand about that agape love, the profound love that I was trying to describe to you. And the first two episodes, uh, part one and part two of Profound Love. And I want to urge you to go back and listen to those if you haven't heard them. Listen to those first. I have a Bible verse for you today regarding profound love. It kind of speaks and explains part of what that type of love is all about. Now remember, and again, if you haven't heard the other two episodes, go back and listen to them. And especially if you have a Bible, read chapter... Uh, Romans 8.38 um, through where I quoted it. And uh, so you can get a better idea of what I'm talking about. But this is 1 Corinthians. And if you're a Christian, it's a very famous verse, of course. And I'm, I, again, I'm actually trying to gear these right now towards people who aren't Christians, who need or want to be loved. They we want to experience that profound love. Now, that doesn't mean I don't realize that there are Christians who still want to feel that profound love, and maybe you can benefit from these episodes as well. All I want to do is share God's love with you, whether you're Christian, unbeliever, uh, but I do really want to especially reach out to the people who have uh, that seat of their emotions inside them, the what we call the heart i mentioned earlier in the other episode you know they used to think the seat of the emotions was in the liver i find it kind of amusing because we're coming up on valentine's day can you imagine changing all of the valentine paraphernalia boxes of chocolate with little livers and <laughs> it makes me roll in the aisles i want to laugh okay so but today we're talking about that seat that need that wanting to experience and more than that, what can change the crazy, mixed-up world we live in? And why is everything in chaos? The farther we move away from God, the more, the worse it becomes. And why is that? It's because the farther we move away from God, with the farther we move away from the author of love. There is no love without God. There never would be love without God, because God is love. When you say, I don't want anything to do with God, you're saying, I don't want to be loved. You may not realize it, but that's what you've been doing. When you say, I don't want to believe in God, then you don't want to believe in the most profound love that exists. When you say, I want nothing to do with the Bible, I don't believe in God, and all of those things, you're, you're rejecting God's love. And what God's love was expressly given to us in the Bible. Why do you think the Bible exists? It's because God loves you. God loves us. I want you to think if you're a Christian, you might 
find some new ideas and thoughts about why and how God accomplished what he did. Now, I know you all know if you're Christians that Jesus died on the cross. And if you're an unbeliever, you probably don't understand that. And think of, maybe you even think you're, you're an atheist or you think uh, it's all nonsense. But it's not. It really isn't. It truly isn't. And you may be an atheist and still want to be loved. No, I know atheists who aren't atheists who just say they're atheists. They say it because they don't want to be responsible to God. But that's another subject. And we'll talk about it later in another episode. What we're talking about today is profound love. Do you want it? Do you want to experience it? Do you want to believe in it? Do you want to accept it? If you want it, we're talking about accepting God and accepting his love because you can't find it without him. You're made to have God's love in your heart. Did you know that? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I'm reading from the New King James Bible, by the way. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You just got to give it to Paul. He had a way of saying things. I know there's some ladies who disagree with some things he said, but it's evident to me that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Paul. And though I bestow all my goods and give up everything, I added that part, but be, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Did you hear what he just said? You could give away everything you own to your friends, the needy, the hungry, and, uh, and, and all of those things, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't love them. How profound is that? In matter of fact, it's earth-shaking. It's so profound it should touch your heart. Let me continue. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave, behave rudely. Kind of makes you wonder what passes for love today in this world. Does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity. That's wrongdoing for you if you're not familiar with that term iniquity. But rejoices, or sin is even a simpler term, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. And he's talking about good things, clean things, holy things, pure things, true things. And endures all things. Now here's where it gets good. Love. That deep, profound love that I'm talking about. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Don't get hung up on the tongues part. 
that can be explained later according to people on the day of Pentecost. If you want to know more about it, check out the book of Acts. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. That means we don't know everything while we're here alive on this earth. But when that which is perfect has come, hallelujah, Jesus, amen, thank you, Father, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. How many of us are stuck thinking as children? You know how children think? They're kind of self-centered, aren't they? That's what he's talking about. Are you only going to think from the perspective of your own selfishness? I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Do you understand what that says? We're stuck here. We understand things dimly. The Lord has granted us a glimmer, uh, some revelation, but we're not perfected because we're in the sinful world. But it's coming when we know Jesus, we're going to come to him face to face. Now, Paul continues, he says, now I know in part what I just said. We know partly, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Now, that might sound like gibberish to you if you're an unbeliever, but what he just said was, God knows you, whether you're a believer or not. God knows all about you, unbeliever. God knows all about you, Mr. Atheist, and I'm not putting you down. I love you. I love you in the name of Jesus. But I want you to understand, God has a profound love for the atheist. God has a profound love for the misled political people dare I say, the progressive left who secretly want to divorce society away from God and erase the God consciousness of man knowing God. And now abide faith, hope, love these three, but the greatest of these is love. Do you understand if you don't believe in God, or even if you're a Christian, do you understand the greatest thing, the greatest motivating force on earth is love? And I say that understanding about the Holy Spirit. God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Jesus is love. If you separate yourself from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you're separating yourself from the greatest gift, from the most important thing. You are separating yourself from your intended future. God loves you is not just a trite saying. It's not just an also ran thing that people say. You remember those bracelets that had WWJD in it? Like, what would Jesus do? You know, in the beginning, they started out pretty good. And then the whole thing became trite. You know, it's, uh, I almost want to say like, a, almost to some people became a vain repetition. You know, like uh, 
I was brought up Catholic, by the way. And uh, we would uh, uh, sin, basically do something wrong, go in, say confession to the priest. And he would say, well, go say five Hail Marys for our fathers. And we, you know, Hail, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord, Jesus, blessed of you, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, not the hour of death. Now, I'm not knocking Catholic Church. That has nothing to do with it. But that's a vain repetition because we would go out and do it right again. And then we'd just go back through the whole process. There was no change in our hearts. We didn't understand. I can't tell you how many times I said the Stations of the Cross and I heard the title Savior applied to somebody named Jesus, but I never knew who or what he was the Savior of. Oh, he's the Savior of the world, quote unquote, as if the whole world was some homogenous blob, which of course isn't the case. Jesus is my personal Savior. I have accepted him in my heart. And when I heard the gospel preached and the invitation given, I came forward and accepted Christ. And he is my personal Lord and Savior. Now, that doesn't mean I become a robot. I don't, doesn't mean groupthink. That's exactly the opposite of what is taught today. You know, like all these people doing cancel culture and all these other things. What nonsense. You know, if you're into that, if you're into cancel culture, and I'm talking about the original part of it, if you're into this part where you have to bully people into believing what you want them to believe, you're in a bad place. You're in the wrong place. You're not in the place of love. You're, you, I doubt, will be feeling any profound love anytime soon. I could be wrong. Now, you might go home and Maybe your wife or your husband will give you some profound love. But as a whole, in general, you will be separating yourself. Why? Because God never said that you should group think. Anyway, I'm going to read this verse one more time. I'm going to try to make it all the way through without my comments. Here it is, 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13, I'm going to read it through again if I can get this page to separate here and turn it back. There we go. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods, and though I bestow all, all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part when we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, Lord Jesus. 
that then that which is in part will be done away when i was a child i spoke as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things for now we see in a mirror dimly then face to face now i know in part but then i shall know just as i am known and now abide faith hope love these three three but the greatest of these is love so here we are in the middle of this mess in the united states and it seems like the evildoers are winning out <laughs> now i'm going to talk to the people who are still willing to listen especially if you're an unbeliever do not willingly separate yourself from the most profound love you can ever know do not follow other men and i'm not asking you to follow me by the way i'm asking you to follow jesus if you never listen to my voice again but you turn to jesus hallelujah thank god amen and make sure that it's grounded and biblical and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, if that's the case. But, you know, the Bible says there is no other name by which a man can be saved. It's not just spiritual salvation that Jesus brings. It's salvation from wrong ideas and wrong thoughts and wrong, uh, wrong actions. It's profound love and you know what when you accept jesus people now christians might debate me on this and i'm not changing i'm not trying to make a new gospel jesus saves amen hallelujah only jesus saves i'm sorry it's the truth buddha's not going to save you being absorbed into the ultimate god consciousness is not going to save you god is not a a mischievous person full of malice. He doesn't make a bunch of rules hoping you'll trip up so he can pound his fist down you, on you and punish you. But Jesus can deliver you from so many things. Not even uh, it, it, wrong thinking, illogic, lies, miseducation in the universities today. Jesus can save you from that. And guess what he saves you with? Profound love. So if you're sitting there in a university and listening to some Marxist philosophy, or you've been influenced by something written by Saul Alinsky, or you believe in communism, and you don't feel loved, guess what? God can save you from that with his profound love. He uses his profound love in ways you can't even imagine. God uses his profound love to save you from many negative things. Hell's a real place. People will choose to go there. What did I say? I said people will choose to go there. God doesn't want anybody to perish. It says it in John 3.16. 
Think of it in a new way if you're a Christian. God doesn't send people to hell. People go, how can a loving God send people to hell? Well, he doesn't. There's a place prepared for them. And they go there because they choose it. Now, if you love murder, rape, criminal activities, if you love being miserable, if you, if, <laughs> I don't like to use that word in that way, love, because it's, it's a, it doesn't really apply. If you relish evil, if you relish doing bad, if you truly relish hurting people, you know, C.S. Lewis, I believe, wrote a book about that. You know, there were some people that were let out of hell and they went to heaven and they were miserable there. If you truly relish in evil things, I mean, there are, there are pairs to be some people, and I don't think you're one of the people that's gone over that edge. The Bible says they have a reprobate mind. If you've listened to me this long, you're probably not one of those people, pretty sure. The point being is, the people that don't make it into heaven have to go someplace because we're immortal beings until we get judged at the great throne and the Bible describes there's various viewpoints about what happens after that. But the point is, do you want to miss out on that profound love that God has? And no, a loving, kind God didn't prepare hell. He didn't deliberately want to stick his big foot out and trip you and send you into hell and watch you suffer and burn in flames. God's not like that. But if you continually choose and reject him all through your life, and then you wake up in this place, and you are in such dire straits that you are relishing being an evildoer, I suppose, that's the best way to describe it, you have chosen. You've said, I don't want to go to heaven to God. That's what you've said when you reject him. So before I close, I'd like to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal savior. Just bow your head. You don't have to say it to me. I'm not going to give you a repeat after me. Just understand that God loves you. You're an imperfect being. I'll make it this kind of quick. It's just kind of uh, I just feel led, you know, there might be somebody out there, bow your head, accept Jesus. Say, I love you, Jesus. I invite you into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want to feel and be touched by your profound love, and I want to go to heaven. And he'll come in. The Bible says that he will come in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you open the door, Jesus will come in and sup with you. That's like becoming with you together, like when people sit down together at a table and have supper. Let the Holy Spirit draw you into that profound love I've talked about. This is the third segment in this subject of profound love. I really want you to understand the answers to the problems in today's world are not in any system, political system, government, type of government system. Well, sure, we have at the current time, some government systems are better than others. None of them are perfect. God has a perfect plan. And guess what? 
there's not going to be a democracy in heaven, per se, or anyway, in any manner, really. Jesus is going to be the person in charge, and everybody's going to be happy because we all love him, and he's going to love us, and you are going to feel such a profoundly whole person again. All your life, maybe you didn't know it, but you're not a whole person without the love of Christ in your heart. You can't be because you were made in God's image. You're supposed to have Christ in your heart. You're supposed to have God's love in your heart. You're supposed to have be so full of it, you can't help but share it with your neighbors and your friends and people that you know. And if that happened right now, just think of what kind of world we would be living in. I used to tell people if that happened, you could drop a $100 bill on your doorstep accidentally and your neighbor would come up and knock on the door and say, hey, you dropped your $100 bill, here it is. Wouldn't that be a great world to live in? The show is Christ Talk Today. It's a podcast. I hate to call it that. I hate to call it even worse to call it a show. It's a message about God's profound love from me to you. And there's nothing trite about saying God loves you. There's nothing silly about it. And there's everything to gain by stepping, put one foot forward right now if you're an unbeliever. Put that step forward if you accepted Jesus. Put your step, your foot forward and step forward into God's profound love. Start believing in it. Start experiencing it. Start letting the Holy Spirit bless you with it. I said your world isn't going to turn magically perfect. We're not like going off to Oz here, and that was a fake anyway. Look what happened when Dorothy drew back the curtain. I am the all-powerful Oz. Brother, there's nobody, sister, there's nobody more powerful than God. And the greatest thing is, in many ways, even though you don't know it, that profound love is right there to change your life. It, your faith can move the mountains. God's faith can move the mountains. The Holy Spirit will guide you, will draw you. Don't believe the lie that God doesn't exist. It's an absurdity. Don't believe the people that tell you you can't prove God exists. If you use the same methodology in other applied or theoretical sciences or whatever it is, if you use the same methodology, you can it's cause and effect. It's observation. You know, when they find exoplanets, how they do it. They measure the light dimming as the planet passes in front of its sun in that particular solar system. It's by inference. I'm standing here today, proof that God exists. The people that God has saved are proof that God exists. The profound love of God is proof that God exists and he's real and he loves you. Don't forget that. Especially don't forget it if you're a Christian. And when bad things happen, there's a there's a book and an explanation. There's been sermons. There's answers that you may have not have thought about that nobody has taught you if you're a Christian. Especially if you're an unbeliever. You have to look through the lens of the reality that God exists. The Bible says that it's the 
Believing in God is the beginning of wisdom. Don't be silly and think that this was all an accident and is meaningless. How could you as a person believe that lie? How could you feel good about yourself? How could anyone feel good about themselves if they were just an haphazard accident? And that's how life began and how it got here and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not talking about coming up with something to make me feel good about myself or yourself. Running out of time again for this episode, but I'll be back for this pod, another podcast. Profound love. If you want it, if you want to experience it, if you want to believe in it, if you want to surrender to it, if you want to build your life upon it, <coughs> remember, it starts with Jesus Christ and God's love. Don't forget it. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And I will be back.